you see the halt in your writing? Is it a full stop? Is that how you see it? It's like a thing that ends each thing? Or is it something different? I want to challenge you today that instead of seeing the halt as a full stop, to begin thinking of it as a semicolon. Hi there, my name is Lorna Leeson and welcome to the Daily Strides podcast, the podcast for equestrians all over the world, helping you to have better conversations with your horse. And I just want to point out before we go anywhere, when you're having the conversation with your horse and when we begin thinking about the halt, there is always just one halt that is the final one. That's the one at the very end, okay? All the other halts up to that point are not final. They're semicolons. They're not full stops, hey? There's more to come. And it's really, really important to begin, first of all, understanding that, and secondly, seeing each of those semicolons, each halt, as being this huge opportunity that you have to begin moving the conversation forward. So when does the halt stop becoming about stopping? It does it when you begin to see the halt as being a way to begin developing the conversation further. Now, if you do not believe me, I want you to think back to the last time you were with your horse. And I don't care what you were doing. (laughs) If you were just leading your horse from the paddock to the stable, or if you were doing some groundwork, or if you're doing some lunging, or you're doing some riding, it makes no odds what you were doing. I bet you there was a whole handful or more of halts involved in that conversation. And imagine if you got really, really, really specific, mindful, present, about actually using each of those as an opportunity to fine tune the conversation as a whole. And if you're thinking that's not possible, it is, it is, oh, it is. Each one is this magic little, little opportunity that you have to really and truly begin to think about what you're saying, how you're saying it, and also how your horse is responding or understanding what it is that you are saying. So how do you begin doing this? Well, first and foremost, I would suggest that before you ever even ride, okay? So if we think of a normal average day with a horse, before we ever actually put a foot in the stirrup or put a bum in the saddle, there is going to be quite a few halts between the point where we actually meet the horse and the point where we get on the horse. And this is the only place that I could see this being not true is that somebody has led the horse to the arena for you and you've literally walked up to a halted horse and somebody gives you a leg up. And I'm hoping that's not happening here. I'm hoping that you're taking a little bit more of a... (laughs) of an interest in what's going on before you actually ride, okay? That's important, folks. Okay, so assuming that you are, I want you to think about each of the halts before you actually mount up or go into the lunging or whatever it is you're going to be doing as being this opportunity of fine-tuning. And we often think of halt and we think about, okay, but a halt is the horse just stops. And yes, the halt is a stop, but there are so many things that we can work on to actually begin to improve the halt. Because I can tell you now, the differences between a good halt and a not so great halt, they are huge. And anybody, it does not matter who they are, doesn't matter if they don't know a single thing about horses, 
they will also be able to pick up on those differences. So let's first of all start with what the great halt looks like. So you can imagine the horse and the rider. I'm, I'm going to use horse and rider in this analogy because I do feel that your part in it is really important and I want to kind of hammer that home today. But let's say you, you're looking, you're watching this horse and rider combination and they, they're walking with purpose, okay? They look like they're on a bit of a mission. Now, they're not flat out, they're not rushing anywhere, but they look really, I don't know, like engaged in the conversation with each other as they walk. And then as they begin to halt, it almost just looks like, I don't know, did the rider think that? Did the horse just decide to stop that way? Because it doesn't look like a whole lot of effort went into it. But what you do notice is that once they are halted, the energy is all there, okay? And what I mean is that the horse is standing, if you want, to attention, okay? The horse looks like, okay, I'm here, I'm focused, I'm alert, I'm waiting for the next part of the conversation. The rider looks like they're doing the exact same thing. They're not slouched, <laughs> definitely not slouched. <laughs> they're, they're, they're still very much part of the conversation together. You'd probably notice that the horse's back is quite engaged, okay? So the horse is still carrying the rider, but the rider is also then still carrying themselves. You probably, if you were to look at the contact, you'd see, okay, no, they are still very much in communication with each other. There is still a connection through that contact. If you looked at the horse's feet, you'd probably notice, oh, okay, it kind of looks like he's standing in a rectangular box and he's got a foot pretty close to each corner this little box that was created especially for him that's sized for him he's in it it looks good and then you'd also notice that both horse and rider are very much alert you can see that it's not just a physical um being engagement if you want in the halt it is mental and emotional they are there they are happy with the halt there is no need to move out of it and yet and this is the key difference if they wanted to move out of that halt, the energy is contained within it that they can just step out. Now, let's pretend our horse and rider are still halted there. They're looking wonderful. They're like just shiny example of what a halt should look like. And then another horse and rider team come along and they're not that interested in what's going on. And you can kind of see that. You can see the rider's a bit slouched. The horse is a bit, everything's a bit strung out, if you want, okay? It doesn't look great. And as they come and they halt side by side with our great halt team, the rider literally hauls the horse into the halt. So you can see the rider kind of leans back, pulls the reins a bit, lower leg shoots forward, feet are somewhere up by the elbows or the shoulders of the horse. Um, rider's feet, this is. The horse's feet are just all over the place when the horse eventually gets to halt. It looks like there's no support. The horse is certainly just, the, the if you want, tolerating the rider. The rider is totally slouched, no interest. There's no contact. Um, it just, it's a different picture. And again, this is the key part. If they were to now both, so the great halt and the not so great halt, if they were to step off together into a walk, it would take an awful lot of energy and an awful lot of steps, okay? It would take quite a bit of work to get the not so great halt to actually step into that walk and then to actually get to the walk to the point where it's of good quality, that it is 
going somewhere with a sense of purpose is also going to take quite a bit. So hopefully, I know that's like a really, it was a long example, but hopefully you can kind of start to see the merits of actually a good quality halt. And I think what's really key here is that the good quality halt in it, it contains a lot of the elements that we want in writing. And one of the key ones there, I mentioned connection, I mentioned engagement, I mentioned self-carriage, I mentioned all of these things that are part of the halt. And then not only that, it was the accuracy and the discipline, and also then the mental being able to be there and to be happy to be there. Have you ever seen a horse that has halted that you could also say, no, no, they have a lot of energy in that halt, but the horse is mentally uncomfortable about standing in the halt. Okay, have you ever seen that? It's, it's quite common. You'll often see it. I, we work a lot with horses that come from the track, so we see it a lot with thoroughbreds. They're just not comfortable to stand still in the place. It's, it's a mental discomfort. There's physically nothing wrong. It's just mentally they don't enjoy it and they have to learn to become comfortable with that. So it is very much a mental, emotional and also then a physical um, representation when you can get a good quality halt. You're bringing all the parts together and you're using a lot of things that will then help you going forward in your riding. So I would suggest from the get-go beginning to think about the squareness in front. That's kind of a pretty simple one that you want the two front feet to be side by side. So it's not kind of mid-step where let's say the right front hoof is six inches or, or 12 inches more forward than the left front hoof, okay? They are pretty much side by side. And you can begin to work on that both on the ground, on the lunge and in the saddle. I actually suggest starting on the ground and then beginning from there and getting that squareness. And then the next thing you can start to do is thinking about the elements of asking for the halt without hauling the horse into the halt. So refining your aids, refining, first of all, the responsiveness. And all that means is that you're setting boundaries. You're saying, when I do this, I expect you to do that. And then from there, refining your aids going forward with that, okay? And then from there, you eventually want to square up the back end as well. I call it, it's like shutting a door, shutting the lid of a box. You just ask the horse to get their back end to step nicely in underneath them, okay? And then once you've kind of reached that point, this is where then you can begin to engage that energy within the halt itself. And once that energy is engaged there, you will find that initially, again, we'll come up with that mental and that it's almost an emotional discomfort that comes with that. But over time, as you and your horse develop more and as you become stronger, and remember it's emotionally, mentally, and physically stronger, you will be able to hold more in the halt itself, okay? It will help with the development of it and you get to actually then bring that over to the rest of your ride. What's lovely as well about the halt, just from a quick aspect of straightness before we end here, is that when you are riding the halt and when you are truly straight and aligned through your body, there's a better chance of your horse doing the same through the halt. So it's also a great checkpoint in the ride and particularly when you're sprinkling them throughout the ride, they're this lovely checkpoint where you get to realign everything in your body. And in doing so, you invite your horse to do the same thing. So if you particularly struggle, struggle with crookedness or maybe lopsidedness or whatever that, you know, it shows up for a lot of riders. I think all right, because we do generally have a dominant side. So it can show up, but the halt can actually be a great opportunity to begin addressing that throughout your ride 
in a way that's actually going to help the rest of the ride moving forward. Okay, all that being said and done, I am hoping that this has inspired you a little bit to start thinking a little bit more about your halt. And what I'd love to do is to take you on a little bit of a journey where you can begin to actually know and see where your horse potentially has gaps in his training and then you'll be able to, from there, create a plan to help you well, help your horse and that the two of you can move forward together. You can find out more about it over at stridesforsuccess.com forward slash free. Okay, I'm going to leave it at that. Have a great one. Keep well. I'll chat to you soon. Be good. Bye.